and welcome to another edition of the Tyler and Toddy Show. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Connor Caligari. Connor, how are you doing this week? Oh, the road, the road to recovery from a tough uh, tough weekend of college football is back, but um, I'm going to love you forever and forever, amen, college football. Yeah. So let's talk about the games last week. Let's talk about the games this week. Let's just have a good old a good old fashioned time, Tyler. Yeah, let's get your mind off college football by talking some college football. Um, <laughs> uh, just to get it out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and talk about that uh, overtime Arkansas uh, or Ole Miss game. Um, yeah, not overtime. Was, it wasn't overtime. The t- t- Ohio State Wisconsin was overtime, but tough uh, tough game following the overtime game last year. Um, what were your kind of thoughts on that one? Ole Miss had a had a little bit of a comeback. Yeah, I mean, cancel cancel the Rebs. Rest in peace, in peace. Um, all you want to say about them, it doesn't look good from here on out. But I think uh, I, saw, I saw some interesting takes. I mean, the game played out in, in the the things that Ole Miss didn't do well weren't really shocking. They got the ball ran on them. Um, they were prone to make mistakes. Uh, things that we've seen in the past. One thing I heard in a take I heard was that. You know those that type of offense having a bye week isn't really good because it's all predicated on you know like being in rhythm at all times and so you know having three or four days off um, can slow down the offense and then you same you saw them come out in the second half and um, you know some of those things were, were evident the offense wasn't clicking uh, what the what they missed that they they didn't miss in pretty much every game win or lose was hitting some big plays downfield um, the deep ball was off um, but the truth be told the offensive line sucks. The linebackers are really bad. The secondary is young, talented but young, uh, and so you know they got they got a lot of a lot of tough matchups still ahead of them. Nine o'clock game, Eastern Standard and Death Valley uh, this week, which we'll talk about. Uh, they've got Texas A and M on the road. They got Auburn. Uh, so you know the, the it's not time it's not time to you know tuck in your tail. But the it, being realistic, it doesn't look. Uh, I'm not very optimistic uh, looking forward. They put a they put a lot on Chad Kelly's shoulders too. I mean, he's throwing the ball 30 35 times a game and then I think he rushed the ball almost 15 times. It was a leading rusher again. So, he gets he gets beat up on that offensive line. He's scrambling a lot whether he's scrambling to throw or scrambling to run. Um but it's it seems like it's tough for him when they don't get a running game going and uh the he wasn't like you said he wasn't throwing the deep ball that well. Um so tough tough day for the Rebs. But uh, the other big SEC game was Bama-Tennessee, which wasn't much of a game um, in Knoxville. Bama really blew them out and kind of uh, was it was the end of that long four-game stretch for Tennessee um, and takes them out of the lead in the SEC East. But uh, what were your thoughts kind of on, on that game and Bama's dominance throughout? Yeah, I keep hearing people say like you know, the four game stretch. It was pretty brutal, but I mean everyone's got everyone's got at least like a three game stretch like that, right? In the SEC, um, for the most part, I they it just they don't. I think it's uh, more of an indication of just how freaking good Alabama is. I mean they those teams didn't look like they should have been on the same field, and Tennessee can still beat a lot of teams. I think um, it just goes to show you that those teams like Tennessee who kind of find ways to win games without playing their best early in the season. Once they go up to, they go to play Alabama, everything that they do below average gets absolutely exposed. And 
Um, Jalen Hurts looks unfreaking believable. No, I've never seen Alabama quarterbacks do the things he does. So, um, I mean, just absolutely impressive. I, I mean, I every I always say every team loses once, but I I can't. You can't find me a, a loss on Bama's schedule until the playoffs, maybe. And so, um, coming away just even more impressed with Alabama than I was before, which is saying something because I already thought they were the best team in the country. The defense is maybe the best he's ever had. The offense is probably the best he's already ever had. Uh, Nick Saban. So, I mean, what what else can you say? It it was absolutely dominating. Yeah, it, it was a dominating game, but I think people need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. I don't think Tennessee is necessarily that good. Um, maybe the stretch wasn't as brutal because that's kind of what you have to go through in the SEC, and that's kind of what they've gone through the previous years. They have a really front-loaded schedule usually, and then that's why they have so much hype going into the next season because they beat all the cupcakes towards the end of their schedule and go on a go on a little run. Yeah, they've um, had they, that ske- they've had that backloaded schedule for 25 years now. Yeah. yeah. That's why people like us need to get out there and let people know that to pump the brakes on yeah. the Tennessee. Vault, we're we're the Voltruthers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay woke. We 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 stay woke. We stay woke. They had a bunch of uh a bunch of injuries all over the field um and j- you can't just have a a running quarterback and have to and think you're just going to be able to compete with Alabama because you have a spread offense you have to have talent all over the field and I don't think Tennessee necessarily had the formula to do that um some of the other games that were big were the the Ohio State uh, Wisconsin game went into overtime Urban Meyer does it again wins a wins a big game um got down early then came back uh JT Barrett's awesome offensively um just that whole team and Urban Meyer is just a great great big game coach that that game was uh, really entertaining to watch yeah I I went in and, and took a little live bet um I think it was like Ohio State minus like two and a half when they were down like down seven right early and you know you got a guy like JT Barrett who seems like he's played in a hundred college games like and, and been really good and then Urban Meyer um you just know how those teams like he he can Shown that he could win games with awesome offense, awesome defense, awesome special teams, adjustments at halftime, just kind of any way you want to win a game. Urban Meyer's done it before. Um, I still think there there is a little cause for concern because you you know Wisconsin's now lost two games. They are they are good. Um, I still think they're being overinflated because of that LSU win. I don't think LSU's that great, but um, yeah, I mean you got to give them a credit. They, it's just like. I think it's a testament again to how awesome Ohio State and Urban Myers as a coach and JT Bear is that you never I mean it never looked it looks bleak for a while, but you never really counted them out, I don't think. Yeah. No, I yeah, I was pretty confident throughout that Ohio State was gonna come back and, and make it a ball game and it's just it's looking like in that big ten again it's gonna come down to a epic matchup at the end for Ohio State Michigan. Yeah, that's um, a that's a big one and then for all um, the marbles. Yeah, and so Another one, you know, we have the Clemson and Louisville scares. I, I People overblow these as well. I mean, every team that has good seasons has games where they don't play well and they catch breaks. I mean, catching breaks is the name of the game. If you do catch breaks and you're a good team, you have really good seasons. If you don't catch breaks, even if you are a good team, you tend to have, you know, obviously lesser uh, of seasons. So I don't know what your thoughts are on those. Obviously, NC State kicker. Uh, missing that now, Clemson has played a bunch of close games. Now, I don't. I, I think that's more of um, an identity than a trend. But I, I still think Clemson's an awesome team in, in Louisville as well. Yeah, I mean that Louisville game. I was watching Friday night, and uh, Duke should have gotten the ball the last bit there, kind of to 
come back, but they had a roughing the kicker penalty. Um, well, Clemson, yeah, like you said, they've had a bunch of close games early in the season, so I don't know if necessarily they just haven't hit their stride yet or what the deal is. Obviously, defensively, they're not, they haven't been as dominant on either side of the ball as they were last year. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens when they go down to Florida State. That's kind of their ne- next tough game coming up um, in a couple weeks. Um, Louisville, I, that just happens during the schedule. You're going to go on the road and um, play people. Actually, I think that was at home. But you're going to you're going to play go throughout your conference and play those weird Friday night weird Friday night games, and the games are going to be close. So I mean, ACC not, does that to themselves. I mean, they put themselves in those positions. They've had really good FSU teams now for 20 years lose on Thursday nights to like Wake Forest and to NC State. I mean, they have they like playing those games, and uh, it kind of. It's not really anything new when a big a big favorite loses those type of games. I, I mean, it's there's enough data I would think to show that those are like kind of like in the SEC those noon games. You're hot, you're more likely to lose uh, in an upset. Yeah, and then one other game just wanted to touch on uh, the Georgia Vanderbilt game. Um, <laughs> losing the Vanderbilt. Uh, I mean, I understand you got a young quarterback and you're a new coach, but. You just look at the the way this Georgia team's been playing this year, and not not very impressive, um, especially offensively. Kind of remind me of you hire that big defensive coordinator that comes in, and your offense isn't really clicking that well. Uh, hmm, who does that remind you of? The Will hmm. the Will Muschamp hmm. hire, but um, I mean you you can you can tell uh, through coaching that. Kirby's Kirby's got some got some things to learn. He didn't hire a big time offensive coordinator. Um, so offensively, they just haven't been looking that great. Obviously, Chubb and Michelle being injured doesn't help. That was kind of what they were going to rely on offensively. Um, Eason makes some good throws at times, but there's also have a lot of times where their offense is stagnant and doesn't make a bunch of plays. Um, defensively, they're tough, but you can't lose to Vanderbilt. You can't you can't lose to Vanderbilt. And I, I mean he. <clears throat> His seat's not going to get hot. I mean, they're recruiting. They're recruiting really well. They have a top five recruiting class right now with a bunch of good people in it. Um, so, I mean, you got to give them a couple years, but definitely not impressed um, with Kirby Smart. Yeah, the Kirby uh, first go round with Georgia. Kirby Smart era is up to a, off to a rocky start. People, you know, on the local radio and fans in Atlanta keep on talking about you know the talent. The talent isn't there. I mean, they they've recruited at a pretty pretty high level for the past twenty years. Um, so I, I don't know if you can. Maybe they did miss on some guys, and maybe it's a little bit of a lull um, and, and kind of a trickle down effect. But I don't I don't think you can really pinpoint that as the reason. Uh, one thing to notice, uh, I I think it's it's eerily similar to the freshman year of Jacob Easton. He looks exactly like Matthew Stafford. Just kind of like the bulky shoulders, long arms, um, kind of you know wild throwing, and then the, that kid Zach Cunningham, the linebacker for Vanderbilt, is unbelievable. Yeah, he's so good. He's nasty. He's got to be like a top ten NFL guy, I would think. Probably, probably great in the classroom too. You know, Vandy. Oh, for sure, great in the classroom. Well, you know, Spurrier used to always say about uh, Georgia. He used to say, why is it always during recruiting season they sign all the great players, but when it comes time to play the game, we have all the great players. I don't understand what happens to them between now and then. So <laughs> he would always make fun of them because they get these great recruiting classes, but uh, never develop the players and get them to play on the field. So I don't know if there's an issue with the Georgia recruiting rankings or if they just haven't had good coaching, but I always mm. thought that was funny when he said that. Um, Spurrier's the best. 
anyway, uh, so I think that's pretty much it for reviewing the weekend. Uh, now we're just going to go ahead and cruise into the week eight games. Um, we're going to slide into week eight's DMs right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, put on some sensual music. Um, the first game on the schedule is a tricky one that I just thought was interesting with the lines. It's kind of not our usual game, but number 10, Wisconsin at Iowa. Wisconsin is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, so Wisconsin's coming off that tough game against Iowa State, but Iowa hasn't oh, – against Ohio State, but Iowa hasn't really played well this year. They lost to uh, North Dakota State and um, has played a really weak schedule. So it's interesting that they're – Wisconsin's only a three and a half point favorite. Um, what do, what do you see here? Just it's one of those weird Vegas lines that you feel like Vegas. What does Vegas know? Yeah, it's like it's the one I remember. Uh, there's been two or three of them, but the one that that stands out is the Auburn Clemson one week one where Clemson was minus seven. Um, other ones that we were that were easy money were like the the FSU versus Miami, but those were just because they're two good teams. Uh, yeah. We've seen these, and, and it seems like Vegas doesn't miss on these. These are the ones that like. If there's yeah. one team that you go, what are they doing there? And the other team that is good, they don't miss on. So um, I might stay away from it because I haven't seen Iowa play this year. But, I I mean, that there's no way they – I mean, they know something we don't. It's a, probably a, a big letdown game. It's I mean, that game is at 11 a.m. local time, right? And so yeah. Wisconsin's coming off a just devastating loss. They technically had everything still in front of them. If they just hold on to that lead against Ohio State – I mean that that might just be enough that the average person could know that that uh, explains to that line. All right, so just real quick, the last four games for Wisconsin or for uh, Iowa lost to North Dakota State at 11 a.m. 23-21, uh, beat Rutgers at 11 a.m. 14 to seven, lost to Northwestern at 11 a.m. 38 to 31, um, beat. Minnesota at 11 a.m. 14 to seven, and beat Purdue last week at 11 a.m. 49 to 35. So they are 11 a.m. veterans. Um, maybe, well, maybe, maybe that's what they're looking yeah, at. But they haven't. There's nothing on that schedule that says they're impressive and that they're going to compete with Wisconsin, who's a very good team, at least I very mean, good defensively. So I don't know. I, this is I. I'm, I'm going to look up what the line is right now. I I just can't believe it because. I, I I didn't catch the um, them beating Rutgers fourteen to seven. I'm sure it'll be on ESPN Classic within the next couple of weeks, um, so I can I can go rewatch that. But I mean, what the hell am I missing? Uh, it's it went down. It's Wisconsin minus three right now. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just the Looney Tunes. And, and it's Wisconsin. Land. Is, well, yeah, it is banana land. Wisconsin's minus one twenty two, which means Vegas is begging people to take them. Yeah, well. Wisconsin, according to my app here, Wisconsin's been getting 90% of the spread bets, but it has reverse line movement. So people are, all the sharp money are putting money on Iowa, which is... The, Vegas is Vegas is baiting people into it. Yeah, all right, I, I don't get it, but I mean, nobody really cares about this game, so let's move on. Let's move on to the, the next one. Let's save this big one and just go ahead to... 6 p.m., number 17, Arkansas, at number 21, Auburn. Auburn is a 10-point favorite. Uh, obviously, Arkansas coming off the game last week at Ole Miss. What were your thoughts here? Yeah, I think this one has moved around a little bit between 9 and 10 points. Uh, honestly, it's it, the, 
the first thing you think of when you see it is that 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 seems like it's you know Arkansas just had a big win. It was at home. Uh, maybe people were overvaluing Ole Miss, but what's weird about it is that every Ole Miss opened against Arkansas is like a seven and a half point favorite, and right before kickoff, it went all the way to ten, which means heavy money, sharp money was coming out on Ole Miss towards the end. I don't know if this is just a huge correction. They they had like a moment of um, like clarity or clarification watching that Ole Miss Arkansas game that Arkansas is legit or isn't legit. I. I I don't even know what I'm saying because it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I mean, I, Auburn's Auburn's coming off a bye here, so that's that's definitely in their favor at home. They play well at Jordan Hare. Auburn how do they also, beat any? How do they beat anyone by double digits with that? Auburn's offense, sneaky. Auburn's sneaky good though. They're top thirty in offense and yards per game, and top thirty in defense. So yeah, well, let's um, see who they put seventy on. Yeah, well, I mean they're they're. Uh, not in points per game, I think they're like top fifty, but just in terms of yards per game, they are top thirty in the nation. Um, um, they blew out Mississippi State a couple weeks ago. Granted, Mississippi State's not good, but they showed some things offensively and showed that they can actually put up points. Um, and Auburn is ranked eleventh uh, in kind of the Vegas top twenty-five power ranking. So Vegas obviously likes something about them. Uh, Arkansas isn't even in the top thirty in the Vegas power rankings for how they do spread line. So a lot of things are pointing Auburn's way. I actually like Auburn to cover this one because it's a big number. Uh, but I think a lot of things are pointing Auburn's way and I think they're, they're playing well as of late. Well, Vegas lines, uh, or Vegas's rankings are normally the, um, the truth, right? Like the end all be all, but they ranked Ole Miss like seventh in the country last year or seventh in the, in the nation last week. Excuse me. So I don't know, man. I, I, I think this – you're right. I think it's a matchup thing is what the line is telling you is that Auburn's good against the run. It's good against probably the intermediate passes, you know, against the tight end, maybe some short passes. So, um, you know, that that bodes well for Auburn's defense. Uh, I just – they are good at home. But, I I mean, I've seen Auburn be very good and win by nine points or, or dominate games and win by a touchdown. So, uh, uh, man, I like Arkansas. Uh, Bielema has been on every single freaking radio show in the country this week. But uh, I will take Arkansas with the points. So that is a disagreement. Disagreement. First disagreement of the week. All right, uh, next game here, uh, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. night game in Death Valley. Number 23, Ole Miss at LS 25 LSU. LSU is a five-and-a-half point favorite. I actually think this line's moved a little bit too since I posted these games. Um, I think LSU's up to like seven. Yeah, it's uh, it's six and a half. Yeah, six and a half, seven. So uh, Coach O kind of has the Tigers rolling here. Um, two covers yeah. in a row. Uh, two weeks ago, they had like 690 yards of offense, and then last week they averaged over 10 yards per play for the first time since 1960. Um, Ole Miss got its third loss. Um, Vegas is actually still giving Ole Miss a lot of respect, but Vegas has LSU as a top 10 power ranking team um so i at interim oh it's just is good he's too good of a coach i think he's, he's good got for a couple that. weeks yeah i mean he's gonna he's gonna crash and burn at some point I, a lot of the lsu people i still feel like want to hire interim ed and just get like an awesome offensive coordinator keep uh keep their defensive coordinator from wisconsin that they have there that's been doing well avila i think his name is um joe i, I would yeah. 
yeah, I don't know why they'd want to keep Coach O when I feel like they could get a really elite coach, but they, he hasn't playing well. Um, Fournette's supposed to come back. I'll uh, I'll take LSU with this one. I've been picking Ole Miss a lot in these games, and they haven't been coming through for me. So yeah, tell tell me about it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. With, I think I think LSU is gonna kick the living shit out of them. Um, they're gonna run for so many yards. It's going to be hard to watch. I mean, I there's one thing they throw the ball over the place, but getting run on all the time is is hard to watch, and so I'm not looking forward to it. It's a nine o'clock game, and so it's like the Saturday lineup on ESPN is that six o'clock Arkansas at Auburn. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, that game will end in, thir- in, in three hours cleanly, and we'll put the 9 o'clock game on. That game's not going to start until 9, 9.45. <laughs> and so I'm going to have to catch it on ESPN3 at the beginning, and then Fortnite will yeah. probably have 100 yards by the time they switch it over. Ole Miss's linebackers are just so bad. Their defensive line is thin. Uh, I think they'll be able to score some points, but they score some. They score points on everyone. They don't score less than 30 against anyone, but um, – I think it's LSU. I think it's a pretty easy bet, to be quite honest. Yeah, um, I agree with you there. Uh, the last game we have here is a 3.30 CBS game with Vern and old Gary. Uh, six, number six, Texas A&M at number one, Alabama. Alabama is an outrageous 19.5 point favorite. Uh, I think it's come down a little bit. Um, it is at... Uh, eighteen and a half. I see here, but still, still, that's nuts. It's the largest any team's been favored over a top ten team since 2013. FSU was favored over number seven Miami by 21 and a half, which is banana land as well. Um, Bama <laughs> kind of just dis- Bama destroyed uh, Tennessee last week. Um, I don't think Tennessee was that good, like we mentioned earlier. Texas A&M coming off a bye. Uh, what are your thoughts here? See, I don't. I don't think Texas A&M is as good as the, their ranking uh, suggests. But and at the same time, I mean, Alabama kicked the crap out of Arkansas, right? We can agree on that. And how much did they beat Arkansas yeah. by? Like nineteen points. Yeah, uh, forty-nine to thirty. Yeah. So I mean, you could Alabama can absolutely blow. Arkansas out of the or um, A&M out of the water and still not cover. It's just 19 and a half points is is you said it best. It's banana land. It doesn't make any sense. What I yeah. I mean, how does Alabama doesn't beat anyone at, in the SEC by over 20? It just it's way too many points. I do think Alabama is fantastic, but Texas A&M is always recruited very well. Um, they don't. I mean, they they lose games all the time, but they don't get blown out like that. And, and it. You know, I, I might not think they're as good as their ranking suggests, but they're still not a bad team. I think they lose the game, but I just can't see them losing by 20 points. Yeah, no, it's just so many points. And, I mean, one of the things, the kind of mantra before is that you have to have like a spread offense running quarterback to be able to beat Alabama, and that's what's really giving them trouble. But as you see last week, you can't just have to have that. And I think one of the things A&M can get a, get a trouble with is uh, they they've got a, some physical players on defense. They got a really good defensive line. They can get to the quarterback, maybe uh, rattle Jalen Hurt a little bit, and uh, Jalen Hurts. And then they do have a. I mean, Trevor Trevor Knight's a talented quarterback. He makes a lot of mistakes, but he has the arm strength, and I think they have the talent of wide receiver where they can really test that Bama secondary. Now he is mistake prone and prone to force some things, but. If 
Texas and if some things go Texas A&M's way and they get some turnovers and they're opportunistic, I mean, I think they have a chance to keep this game close, even. Yeah. And not just keep it from being an absolute slaughter, but I think they could actually keep this game close and keep it a competitive game. So I think Texas A&M's defense is a lot better. Like I've said in weeks before, Miles um, Garrett's Miles Garrett's a beast. If anybody can get pressure on a quarterback, it's him. Um, Barnett was able to do it a little bit last week, but he can't do it by himself. That almost almost got almost got pressure on him at times. They just didn't get there fast enough. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, listen, everything you said makes sense. I, I just God, can you if, if Alabama beats them by twenty points, just cancel the season. I mean, I think there's a likely chance that Alabama wins every game by double digits for the rest of the year. I mean, they but three if touchdowns. You were gonna, if they were, if, if the dynasty was going to get knocked down, it would be a year where they're starting a true freshman quarterback, and you—it's the somehow, best offense ever. <laughs> yeah, but now they're just a juggernaut and have a uh, Michael Vick at quarterback along with all the other talent they have all over the field. So it's it's pretty frustrating. Um, I'm glad I'm not in the West. Uh, sorry for you. R.I.P. In peace, Ole Miss. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, no, I they, if they got if they win by three touchdowns, you got to think Jalen Hurts is a is a Heisman leader, wouldn't he? I mean, why wouldn't he be? Yeah, I mean, he didn't put up he hasn't put up phenomenal numbers every week. Um, he's ran but, the yeah, ball I mean, well. He's ran the ball really well. I mean, I think we're both in agreement here, both taking the points with Texas A and M. This is just a ridiculous line. Yeah, well, and, we've covered we've covered the games in football. Let's do a bonus pick for our. Um, loyal followers. Oh, I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, it's you not are. Even this is not discussed. It's not discussed. Cubs, pre-game. Cubs, um, Dodgers tonight. We got John Lackey versus uh, was Urias is pitching. Yeah, uh, youngest youngest pitcher ever. Twenty and, years old. Yeah. Ever in the NLCS. Who do you got? Well, by the time they hear this, the game will be over. But that we're well, we're going to make predictions. Wins, I mean. I, Oh yeah, they will know. So I mean, I've got uh, no. Every, everyone I've, listens to this right away. So <laughs> I'll put it up right now. I got lackey. I, I got put lackey my money. I put, well. I put my money where my mouth is. I just put my money on where my mouth was, just while I was asking that question too. Yeah, I saw that. That was kind of gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I like lackey. I think. I mean, you, you got to think this game. This series is going seven. Um, God, gonna, can they hit? Can they hit anyone? They win this game, and then you have uh, you're going back to Chicago for for game uh, six, six and, and seven, right? And seven. So I don't know. You have to hope this. Yeah, the, the off their offense is just brutal. Rizzo just Rizzo can't hit the broadside of a barn. Can't hit anything. Um, so. If if they're not if their bats aren't swinging, then they're not going to get any victories. I mean, you can't have a shutout every game. You held you held the Dodgers to one run, and then you have Kershaw pitching, and you lose one nothing. It's just insane. Yeah, and you and have, I'm still uh, not I'm still not buying the Kershaw thing yet. I want to see him do it one more time before I really like his think playoff that, like, statistics aren't that bad though. But they're not that they're not as good as and, they were two. And he's like he's year. like a dom- he's a dominant pitcher and I feel like the more you play in the playoffs, the more your statistics regress to like your career averages. Like I feel like if Bumgar my Bumgarner might be an exception, but I feel like if Bumgarner played like 
50 more playoff games, then he wouldn't just continue to be this dominant. Dude, Bumgarner's played as many playoff games as, like, anyone. Are you kidding me? I know, but I feel like if he played, like, 50 more, I don't know, maybe he's an exception. He wouldn't, he'd probably give up five runs if he played 50 more games. If you look at, like, A-Rod's, if you look at A-Rod's, like, career playoff numbers, he got, he, he, everybody thought that he was just a horrible playoff player, but towards the end of his career, when he played in more games and started being successful, his playoff games almost mirror his career averages. And he was supposedly the biggest playoff, like, choker. Well, what about Greg Maddox? He wasn't good in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's exceptions to the rule, but normally... You, uh, no, no, you're naming the exceptions to the rule, Tyler. I said A-Rod was an exception to my rule. <laughs> I said Bumgarner <laughs> might be an exception, but normally, the more playoff games you play, your playoff statistics will regress to your career averages. And also, the even if they're a little worse, you're pitching against way better talent. So Yeah, you're be playing the best for, teams. You're playing the best teams. It would be normal teams. for Baseball's a pitcher weird. to have a slightly worse ERA and slightly worse record. But he's, he's he hasn't been a, like a giant choker. Like he had a he had a bad game at the beginning of this playoffs and his ERA was up around 4 or 5, but Okay, so ne- the next next thing is and final thing is what what are those three bobbleheads you have behind you? I see Dwight Schrute. <laughs> oh. He's a uh... You got Michael Scott. Michael Scott Dwight, Dwight. assistant to the regional manager. And then uh, it's just a, uh, a penguin. Uh, squeeze. Oop. Oh, I didn't know that <laughs> happened. His nose pops off. <laughs> wow, this is the electric. This is electric for the radio. Good pod. Audience. Good pod. All right. Well, uh, now that we've covered uh, a wide array of sports and also my bedroom, um, we are going to sign off uh, for Connor Caligari. I am Tyler Fawbush. Have a great weekend. Adios. Yeah, Wednesday. <laughs>